Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Who had this, a name with the same, starting with the same letter. And we used to call him the Romeo of the Rock. So that is going to be your new name from now on. So... Our little pocket dynamo, Rod from the Rock, Romeo of the Rock, is going to come and bring the word of God to us right now. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you, Pastor. Just cut that off in Jesus' name. I hope it's not on the recording either. Don't want my wife hearing. Oh, it's now Romeo of the Rock Church. Well, good evening, everybody. It's always a pleasure to stand up here and to bring the Word of God. It's, it's not something I take lightly. Um, it's always something that I look forward to, but it's always something that challenges me as well. So, this word that I had in my spirit actually came from listening to Kathy preach last week about the Holy Spirit. And um, I just loved the, the way that Kathy brought across um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and talking about how the Holy Spirit's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I love that type of thing. You know, I love knowledge when it comes to the Word of God. And in the week I was sitting, sitting and I was thinking, do you know what? I actually want to know a bit more about the Holy Spirit. And that's how this word was birthed. Now, not all of you guys know it. Some of you might know that I'm not from the UK. I'm South African, um, Cape Townian by birth. Okay, so if I say, if people ask where you're from, I'm, saying, I'm from Cape Town, not so much South Africa, because Cape Town and the rest of South Africa is completely different. Same as like Knots and the rest of the UK. I mean, we were at Skegness in the week. And trust me, it's a complete different world from Nottingham. We went to Skegness and an hour there and we said, let's just go back to Nottingham, please. <laughs> okay. So it's the same thing for us from Cape Town. And um, if you didn't know this, um, I'm from a, a little town called Heide Heidefeld, you would say. And it's like at Walton. And on top of that, it falls under another um, bigger shire called Athlone. And Athlone is, um, we did a bit of research in that when I was younger. And Athlone derived its name from a governor general who was from the UK. And the monarchy here sent this governor general to Cape Town. This was like 1910, around that time, because that was the time when, when the British ruled the Cape. So, and this, was, this guy was the governor general. He was called Lord of Athlone. So this area that I'm from got its name from this guy. So I've got close ties to the UK, believe it or not. Okay? But did you know that if you are a man or woman of God, if you're a Christian, 
You are in the kingdom of God. Okay? You are not in the democracy of God. You are in the kingdom. And every kingdom has a king. Okay? There is no a little panel of people coming together to make decisions like we have nowadays. There's a king or queen who makes who's the ultimate authority and says things and it gets carried out by the subjects. And this governor general, the Lord Athlone, would have been commissioned by the monarchy of Britain. So the monarch of Britain would have called this guy to the throne and then told him, I'm sending you to Cape Town as my emissary. And when you get to Cape Town, you're not just going to go there as my emissary, but when you get to Cape Town, you're going to make Cape Town look and sound like the United Kingdom. Because that's what happened. South Africa was a colony of the United Kingdom. So we talk English, we drive on the left-hand side of the road, we eat fish and chips, um, all the, we, we love football, all the type of things, because we have been colonized by the United Kingdom. So the way our, our areas are derived from British names, we've got, you've guys got a Kimberley here, we have Kimberley there. Um, we've got, you've got um, some things here. We saw a Mowbray here, Melton Mowbray. We've got a Mowbray there as well. So that's how close we are. And this guy, when he would have come to Cape Town, the first thing that he would have done was he would have made sure that everybody speaks a Queen's language. He's not going to allow you to speak whatever language you want. Why? Because a colony is subject to the monarchy. So when you talk, you have to talk the way the queen talks because when the monarchy comes to the colony, she's not going to want to talk the language of the people. She's going to speak her own language. I should actually say he because we've now got a King Charles now, not just indoctrinated into always talking about the queen. Okay, so that's the whole thing about a colony. So the colony takes on whoever has colonized it. We take on the same values and we take on the same culture of who has colonized us. Okay, so you might be sitting there and thinking, what has this got to do with the Holy Spirit? So let us go to the first scripture. Right in the beginning of time, the first scripture, Genesis 1, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Next one. Oh, okay, just that one there. Let's go to the. So, in the beginning of time, God was sovereign. He's operating in the invisible. It's not in the visible. He's in the invisible. And in the invisible, God is sovereign. He's Lord of the invisible. Okay? 
There's no one else above him in the invisible. But now God comes up and he says, do you know what? He sees billions of billions of years into the future. He sees his sons and his daughters. And he says, do you know what? They need a place where they are going to be my children. Now you might ask yourself, why didn't he then, when he created man and woman, didn't put us in heaven? Why did he have to create earth? Because in heaven, God is sovereign. So in heaven, there's no other kings and queens in heaven. That's why Prince Charles could never be King Charles while his mother was still alive, isn't it? Because while his mother was alive and he's in her presence, he's always going to be Prince Charles. But on earth, God looked and he says, if I put them in a place where they are, okay, on that place, they'll be kings and queens because my desire is for my daughters, my sons and daughters. They are more than just sons and daughters. They are kings and queens. They are princes and princesses. You are children of the Most High God. That's who you are. See, designs this place called earth for us to live in. He designs it in his foresight. He says, look, this rock here, I'm going to take this piece of rock and I'm going to form it into a place for you and I to live in. Not heaven. It's strange how most of us as Christians, we always say, do you know what? I can't wait to get to heaven. If God wanted you to be in heaven, He'd have waited for you to get saved and killed you right away and then taken you to heaven. But he hasn't done that, has he? Why? Because he wants you to be on earth in the place that he has created for you. And if you look at Genesis 1, God creates the place where you are going to live. He doesn't create you first and then put you into a place. He creates the place for you first. And then he puts you into that place. All of you, wherever you are right now, God has designed you to be in that place. It's not by accident that you are where you are right now. He, in his wisdom and majesty, looked billions of years into the future and knew exactly where you had to be. Now, you might look at yourself and think, do you know what? This is not a good place for me. Things are tough. It's not good. But God knows that somebody else is not going to do with that place what you can do in the place that he has placed you, in the family that he has placed you, in the church that he has placed you. He's placed you there for a plan and a purpose. So, how does the Holy Spirit come into all of this? Well, this governor general was sent from the throne room of the monarch to go into this new territory. And in the new territory, he had to make sure that everybody in the territory 
speaks the same language as what the monarch and the rest of his subjects speaks. And this is why when we speak the language of heaven, the Holy Spirit brings the tongue because our English language and every other language is corrupt. Every language on earth is corrupted with swear words and wrong type of things and wrong, just everything about it can be ugly. But the heavenly tongue which the Holy Spirit brings, the, the governor general from the throne room of God, when he brings that tongue, when he comes into the place where you are to give you the tongue of heaven, that tongue doesn't know anything else but the language of God. And that's why God desires that you speak the tongue of heaven. So it's important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues because it's the, it's the, the language of heaven. Do you, do you understand that? It's the language of heaven, not English. We're not going to speak English when we get to heaven. We're going to speak the language of heaven. So, in Christian theology, the Holy Spirit is considered the third person of the Holy Trinity, along with God the Father, the Son, and God the Son, who is Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is described as the presence of God in the world. He's described as the presence of God. It's so weird that when we think of the Holy Spirit, we always think of a dove. That's, that's how we see the Holy Spirit. It's just a dove that comes and lightly comes to us. In Genesis 1, sort of dove, the earth was formless. There was nothing on the earth but the Holy Spirit was hovering over this formless earth. And when God spoke the word, and what's the word? The word is Jesus. When God spoke the word, the Holy Spirit is the one who activates what needs to be done in the earth. You right now, where you are right now, inside of you there might be things happening, chaos, things going wrong all the time. But the Holy Spirit is over you. He's over you right now, every single day. All that you require is the Word of God over your life, activated then into the Holy Spirit to cause then that God can do something in your life. But He's waiting on you to speak the Word of God. So where's the Holy Spirit been all this time? Because we see in Acts that Jesus says, I have to go and I have to send the Holy Spirit. So in the beginning, in Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit was on the earth. But when Adam fell, what happened? Now the territory, which was God's territory, God's colony, has now been taken over by somebody else. In 1910, when South Africa became a republic, decided to go its own way, cut ties with Britain, then the monarchy 
had no more say in South Africa. Then South Africa became independent. So everything that happened in South Africa, the monarchy of Britain couldn't impact anything because they just lost the territory of South Africa. So in Genesis, when Adam fell, he, he gave up the territory which was God's. And when we give up territory, God can't work in that territory. He can't. So we give it up so the Holy Spirit had to leave the territory. So be careful in your life where sin operates. Where there's sin, God can't do his work. That's why it's so important we always come to a place where we ask God for forgiveness so that the Holy Spirit who's hovering over us can be activated to do its work through the word of God. Amen. But now we see when Jesus died on the cross and he said it was finished and he died, he went to hell and took back what Adam lost. The territory that Adam lost, Jesus took back. So now we could send the Holy Spirit to reclaim the territory because now the ground, the colony is now ready for the governor general to come in, to actually come in and bring the culture of heaven into this new territory. So now the Holy Spirit can move into this territory. So it's easier for the Holy Spirit to operate now because Jesus has reclaimed the territory that was lost. Amen. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit? First of all, the Holy Spirit brings conviction and it brings regeneration. First thing, I've got quite a few um, scriptures that's going to come up. I think a slide three or four. If you are taking notes, you can just take down the, the scriptures. Just go to the next one. Go through it. Yeah. So the role of the Holy Spirit so the first one is conviction and regeneration. The Holy Spirit convicts people of their need for salvation and brings about spiritual rebirth. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit does. It brings about conviction. If, if you don't know Christ, even if you do know Christ, and there's sin in your life, the Holy Spirit is the one who points us to that sin and shows us, look, this area in your life, you need to submit that under the authority of God. Ask for forgiveness and break it from your life. If you are continually walking in the same sins all the time, it means that you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work in your life. Do not. Then you walk in disobedience. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me what areas in my life 
is not submitted to God? What areas in my life do I need to bring before you? The Spirit opens our eyes to recognize our sinfulness, leading us to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. John 16 verse 8 to 11 says, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgments. This, this is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin. Because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings conviction and it brings regeneration. Secondly, the Holy Spirit brings indwelling and empowerment. When we receive salvation, when we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. When you come to Christ, He then enables you to have that personal relationship with God. This is the territory now. When you say, Lord, come into my heart, okay, that now opens up the territory for God because now you are His. So now your heart is His and the Holy Spirit opens up that territory. Now God can come in and He can do His work in your life. Okay? So this is why it's important that we come to Christ. If we say, Lord, come into my life. Okay? Then, then we have a personal relationship with God. The Spirit then goes on and He empowers and equips you to live a godly life. And this produces the fruits of the Spirit and it grants spiritual gifts. So, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5 verse 22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So when you have the Holy Spirit in you, these are the things that you should be displaying in your life. If, if you're looking at your life and you, and you think to yourself, I don't know really whether I am saved. I don't know really if the Spirit of God is actually in my life. The easiest way to actually ask you, actually determine whether He is in you is to ask yourself, do I have love in my life? Or do I carry hatred for others? Do I have joy in my life? Do I have peace in my life? Am I patient? Am I kind to others? Am I faithful? Not just to your spouse. But am I faithful in what God has given you? What, what he's entrusted you with? Do I exercise self-control? This is such a big thing for, for, for Christians, especially self-control. Knowing you can do something 
but deciding, I'm not going to do this. It was in your power to do it, but you stop yourself from doing it. That is self-control. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit brings guidance and it brings illumination to your life. The Holy Spirit guides and it leads believers in their daily lives. Your daily life should be guided by the Holy Spirit. It says in the word that Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, immediately after that it says, the Holy Spirit then guided him into the desert where he was tested for 40 days. How weird is that? That the Holy Spirit took him into a place of emptiness. Yep, I went in a manger and I could go to bed. Um, the Holy Spirit took him into a place of emptiness, a place of lack, a place of heat, suffering. That's where the Holy Spirit took him into. Sometimes we have to go through those trials. We have to go into a place of suffering. We have to go into a place of emptiness. We have to go into a place where you are separated. Because God needs to do something with you that he can't do when you are with other people. So he needs to set you apart. So for 40 days, the Holy Spirit set Jesus apart from others. For 40 days, he took him into the desert. If you are going through a desert right now, I would encourage you to say, thank you, Lord, for this desert. Thank you that you brought me to a place where now I can only depend on you. Nothing else. I can't depend on myself, on my job, on my spouse, on my family, on my friends. I can only depend on you and nothing else. That's your desert experience. And you know what? When you come out of that desert, you are going to be so much better for it. So much better. But we shy away from the desert experience. When the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into something to set us apart, we rather say no. It's easy to come to church and to be in a group like this, gathered together, but it's so more difficult to be on your own where the Holy Spirit says, do you know what? It's just between me and you right now. Nothing is going right for you. Nothing is going right for you. Everywhere you turn, it's going wrong. Why? Because it's a desert. But in that desert, God will provide for you. If you submit to him in your desert, he will provide. Do you know what? Even if he brings, sends the ravens, how weird must it be to have a raven come and bring you food in the morning and 
bird coming to you with food in its mouth, and you have to take this food and eat this food, and that is your only sustenance. It's not going to be rosy. It's not going to be easy when the Holy Spirit leads you. But it's going to be good for you. Being a Christian is not, it's not an easy life. We all have to experience time of trials. Then, off the back of that, the Holy Spirit brings comfort and it brings encouragement. In your desert, He can still comfort you and encourage you. Never forget them, because it says in Romans 8 verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. If you are in a time now of weakness, the Holy Spirit, He is there for you. Do you know what? Again, when Jesus was on the cross, He said, it is finished. What does finished mean? It means there's nothing else to do, right? There's nothing else that Jesus has to do. He's, he's done the work that the Father has sent him to do. There's nothing else. So, what's the next work that has to be done? It's the Holy Spirit. And we forget that sometimes, that the Holy Spirit is now active in the earth. He's the emissary. He's the governor general from the throne of God in the earth for us to access but yet we don't access it. The, the, the word of God says, my people, they suffer because of lack of knowledge. And I hope that, do you know what, that this evening when you leave here, that you're going to find, you're just going to want to know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Just a little bit more. Every revival, every revival, if you, if you research revivals, all of the revivals, the main ones, started with the Holy Spirit. It had the Holy Spirit active in people's lives. The Holy Spirit. If we want revival here in Nottingham, it starts with the Holy Spirit. It starts with us having a desire and hunger for the Holy Spirit like never before like never before the Holy Spirit when you go home this evening find time to say Holy Spirit I don't know you like I know Jesus or the Father but I want to know you more and more do you know what I used to, when I first came to Christ, I used to read a lot of books. I used to love books. 
And one of, the favorite book, one, one of my favorite books to read was um, Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And he speaks about this love for the Holy Spirit. How every morning he wakes up and he says, Good morning, Holy Spirit. He begins his day with the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that each and every one of us finds that relationship with the Holy Spirit. That your life will change. There's something different about your life because of what the Holy Spirit has done now in your life. Then just to finish off, in Revelation 22 verse 17 it says, The Spirit and the Bride says, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. The spirit and the bride. Who is the bride? The church. The church and the spirit. The Holy Spirit, you can see, is started in the Bible, Genesis 1, and is right at the end of the Bible, Revelation 22. The Holy Spirit is prominent in the Bible. He's prominent in the beginning and he's prominent at the end. But, he's, but at the end, he's prominent with the church. It's the church and the Holy Spirit who draws people in, who shows people Christ. The church working in tandem with the Holy Spirit. That's the bride. The bride of Christ is the church, you and me. So it's the spirit and the bride. So if the Bible in Revelation says the spirit and the bride, then how much more shouldn't we be working in tandem with the Holy Spirit? Because in Revelation 22 it says the spirit and the bride says come. Not the church says come. The church working with the Holy Spirit says come. So this evening, my prayer is that we as a church, we, we develop a new relationship with the Spirit. A relationship that's not only for ourselves, but it is a Revelation 22 word which says the church and the Holy Spirit is drawing people in. When people see a church on fire, when they see a church where the Holy Spirit is active and moving, it's going to draw people into the church because they're going to want what you want. They're going to want everything that you want, but it starts with us submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Amen.